All right, let's get started, shall we? My name is Nick Perez. I am the preaching minister for the Davis Park Church of Christ in Modesto, California. And this is I Know What You Did Next Summer. And this is a class about divine foreknowledge as it relates to the global pandemic. Uh, this has been a class that I've been, I'd originally wanted to present in 2020. But then, well, you know what happened in uh, 2020. And so uh, at the time, I know what you did next summer was going to be a class about divine foreknowledge minus the global pandemic part. But then the global pandemic came and I had time to think about it further. And so here we go. Uh, I know, present tense, what you did, past tense, next summer, future tense. You get the whole, it's as if time is collapsing on itself. And that's intentional. That's by design. Uh, and we're going to talk about foreknowledge and do our best to apply it to the global pandemic through several different models. So we'll see what happens. Because I've only got 40 some odd minutes and time is already quickly passing, I do want to direct you to my website, my podcast. Uh, it's called Live from the Pulpit. You can actually search this in iTunes. The latest episode is I Know What You Did Next Summer Part 1. That's where I lay a lot of the foundational stuff for God's knowledge uh, and uh, uh, the underpinnings for this uh, particular course of study. Uh, there it is, L-I-V-E, livefromthepulpit.com is the website, or again, you can search it in iTunes. If you want the complete notes uh, for this class, the expanded notes are available on my other website, Not Secret Secret. Dot wordpress.com not secret secret dot wordpress.com uh, and it's the first post right now because it was published this morning I know what you did next summer divine foreknowledge and global pandemic any fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the house all right woot woot Marvel um, Loki is not only a character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe Loki is uh, a villain. He's also got his own series on Disney Plus, and we, uh, my wife and I, we watched it here recently. And in Loki, we get introduced to the multiverse. Now, the Marvel Cinematic Universe had already been teasing this out, but it's Loki where it's actually established why it exists, where it came from, and all that. Uh, prior to the multiverse, you had what they called the sacred timeline. And everything proceeded along a fixed timeline. And uh, if there were any variants that cropped up, those variants, they were eliminated. The timeline was reset in order to maintain the sacred timeline. However, courtesy of the Lokis, uh, several Loki variants, the fixed timeline was replaced with the multiverse. And that provided an infinite number of possibilities across an infinite number of timelines. Now, undergirding the show, uh, the, the main narrative is the meta-narratives. Uh, and those include themes of determinism and free will. Uh, there's also some other very interesting, um, arguably anti-Christian themes, like uh, there's an anti-Trinitarian theme that shows up. 
there's a uh, humanistic Unitarian view that shows up. I don't think I'm spoiling anything, just, you know, beyond, you, you'll see it if you watch it with a, a critical eye, but determinism and free will really undergirds a, a lot of the show. Loki, at one point, laments that he seemingly has a fixed lot of always being the bad guy. Uh, and he uh, is, uh, again, lamenting that he's, he's determined to be the bad guy. And uh, given the definite nature of the sacred timeline, it does seem as though Loki is determined to always be the bad guy. But on the other hand, you have characters who are intent on breaking free from the deterministic framework of the sacred timeline. In fact, at one point, a character ventures off to, quote, find free will, whatever that means, all right, to find free will. So uh, how does a Marvel show help us understand uh, divine foreknowledge or just foreknowledge generally? Well, in some ways, it, it doesn't. It really can't, uh, especially if we're talking about the God of the Bible, the triune God. Remember, I mentioned about those anti-Trinitarian themes that show up, the humanistic Unitarianism stuff that's in there. Uh, with that kind of God, you're going to run into all kinds of problems. And even with the expansion from the sacred timeline to the multiverse, you still run into a deterministic uh, concept there, where uh, even though you have infinite po possibilities, these are all determined. Uh, but I digress. Um, I do think, though, there may be a way in which the show can help us in explaining what we often mean when we talk about foreknowledge. And so, um, slight spoilers ahead, if you haven't seen the show, all right. Um, towards the end of the series, there are two variant Lokis who arrive at the citadel at the end of time. It is beyond the void, as they describe it, okay? And it's here that they meet he who remains. He who remains. He is the one who is responsible for establishing the sacred timeline, for bringing order, the order of the sacred timeline, out of chaos, okay? And he's also responsible for creating who up to that point had been the main antagonist to Loki, and that was the Time Variance Authority, the ones who are responsible for maintaining the sacred timeline. Well, he who remains explains when the two Loki variants get there, hey, we've had, the three of us, have had this conversation an infinite number of times in the past. And he knows what they're going to say, and of course there's comedic results where they're trying to say random things, and he already knows, and yeah, there's that whole thing. So, at one point in the conversation, though, he who remains says, oh, We've, we've passed the point where I know what's going to happen. And so he doesn't know what they're going to say or what they're going to do or any of that. Okay. I think this is often our perception of foreknowledge, or at least how we think of foreknowledge. We even explain it using illustrations that I think may be similar. I think I can do it right here. Um, usually, one illustration that comes up is about a person, that doesn't work now, does it? There we go. All right. Here we have a person, and he's on top of a very tall building. And you see this person, and they are walking toward the edge, toward the ledge. And uh, they, it looks like they're going to fall. And we, according to our foreknowledge, can determine that if they keep walking, they will fall. 
right? However, uh, this person appears to be of sound mind. And uh, in fact, we may even know the person. Maybe it's Curtis who's up there. And this is Curtis. He's of sound mind. And we know Curtis, he's going to avoid the edge. He's not going to walk toward, he's not going to walk off the building. And he's going he's gonna to avoid the edge. And so he does. And that's our sacred timeline, as it were, right? But let's um, tiptoe into the multiverse of madness for a moment, shall we? And suppose we see this person, and they are walking toward the edge, and they're not stopping. Well, maybe at this point, we introduce a variable here, and we, we shout out. Hey, look out! Watch out! You'll fall! Well, now that we've introduced this uh, variable, what can happen is we produce variants. And maybe, maybe variant A hears you, and they didn't realize for whatever reason, I don't know, they, they didn't realize they were going to walk off the edge of this very tall building. And so they, oh, whew, whew, oh, thanks a lot, and they don't walk off the edge. Or maybe there's variant B, and for whatever reason, variant B doesn't hear you when you call out, hey, look out, watch out. Maybe they have earbuds in, I don't know, right? They just, they don't hear you, and they keep walking, and they're going to walk off the very tall building. Or maybe variant C is just a rebel. Ah, what do you know? And they just keep walking, and they will walk off. And so we have the sacred timeline and variant A who will avoid walking off the edge, variant B and variant C who will walk off the edge, right? All of this is um, what's called a, a simple foreknowledge view. It's mere prescience of what could happen. Again, this is typically how we think about uh, foreknowledge. Now, already, maybe you can see how foreknowledge touches and impacts a lot of different biblical areas. And I think you can help me build this out here uh, just a little bit. Let's say we have foreknowledge here in the middle. Give me some, give me some biblical themes, biblical doctrines that will impact, uh, be impacted by God's foreknowledge. Free will. Of course, that's the big one, right? Free will and, and freedom and all that. Free will, freedom, let's call it, right? And typically, how do we think about free will? If God knows everything, how can I have free will, right? Right, and so, uh, let's see, we got human free will, okay? But do we ever think about, if God has foreknowledge like this, if he, if he knows what's going to happen, how can he have free will? You ever think about that? Hmm. So there's an aspect of divine freedom that I think gets into the mix here as well. All right. What else? Anything else come to mind? That's going to be that's going to be a, a a branch of this. But yes, and and so that's one way of explaining this. But we're going to touch on that. Yeah. How about um, well, uh, if God foreknows everything, how does this impact foreordination? Or are they, are they related? How, do, how does foreknowledge and foreordination work, right? Uh, what else? Anything else come to mind? 
Uh, absolutely, yeah, salvation, that's a big one, right? If God, if God knows everything, doesn't he know who's going to be saved? Doesn't he know who's going to obey the gospel? Here's a big one, ready? Uh, if God knows everything, why pray? Right? What difference does prayer make? And by the way, this is, this is where the open theism will come in and say, well, he actually doesn't know everything in the future, and so prayer really matters, and, and uh, salvation, uh, he doesn't know who will be saved, who will be lost, and all that, and we'll talk a little bit more about each of those in just a moment. But there are a number of areas, and I've built this out already. we got free will and freedom, human and divine, both of those. The decree, that's a big one when you're talking about uh, foreknowledge, how or why God foreknows everything, foreordination. Providence, right, how providence works, God providing for his creation, prayer is attached to that. Um, uh, Brother Homer Haley wrote a book, Prayer and Providence, several years ago, connecting those two. Predestination, that may be right here, right? Sovereignty, is he sovereign over everything? Or is he, does he sovereignly limit his sovereignty, right? And you get that kind of language as well in, in this uh, discussion. So uh, that's uh, briefly uh, how the doctrine of foreknowledge bleeds out and starts impacting many other things. Now, let's talk about divine foreknowledge as it pertains to COVID-19. Did God know that COVID-19... Did he know about COVID-19 before it existed? Did he know about it? Hmm. And uh, there are a few answers that can be given here where there's, uh, yes, of course he knew. Uh, there's the answer says, well, no, no, he, he didn't know. And there's reasons for that. And then there's kind of a, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, hmm, yeah, it's, that's a good question. Who would it be? Let's work backwards here from don't know all the way back to yes, shall we? Who would it be who would say, uh, I don't know. Well, that would maybe be those who are in a skeptical theistic camp. Um, also those maybe who appeal to, say, mystery. Okay? And they would, uh, they would say, I don't know, because they would say, well, you know, essentially, without some kind of prophetic revelation, we really can't definitively say one way or another. We can't definitively say yes or no because we don't have prophetic revelation that says yes, he did, or no, he didn't. And so essentially there's uh, an absence of data, and therefore, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question, but yeah, I, I don't know. As it pertains to, uh, again, COVID-19, did God know? Well, yeah, if, if, uh, uh, if we don't have prophetic revelation about a novel coronavirus that was producing or came about in 2019, well, I, I really don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about the value of each of these in a moment as well, but uh, there's, there's one camp, kind of a skeptical, theistic type of view. Those who would say no would be your process theologians, your open theists, uh, your deists. But they would all say no for a different reason. All right? uh, for example, let's start at the bottom here, deism. Deism uh, essentially is the idea that God wound everything up, created everything, and then just set it in motion, and he's kind of been hands off. And so the reason God wouldn't know about COVID-19 in the world is because he's kind of aloof from all that. He's not really hands-on in the world anymore, and so... No, he, of course he wouldn't know about it. He, he's off doing whatever God does, right? Um, your, uh, well, I'll deal with open theism more in a moment, but let's, 
Let's, uh, let's go to process theism, process theology for a moment. Um, the, the process theologian would say, well, no, God didn't know about COVID-19 before it existed because while he is uh, intimately involved with his world and he engages in relationships, real relationships, suffers with those who suffer, rejoices with those who rejoice, um, he is kind of bound to his creation and therefore he's experiencing time with his creatures. And so as a result of that, He's constantly in a state of becoming. He's constantly in the process of becoming. And so the God, according to process theology, he learns things, he's ever-growing, as he experiences new things with his creatures. And so a novel coronavirus coming onto the scene, well, uh, according to process theology, God would then uh, come to learn more and know more about viruses, specifically coronaviruses, as a result of COVID-19, and uh, it apparently would have been news to God uh, in that regard, uh, although, again, his knowledge would have grown as a result of it. Now, I've saved open theism for last because um, it is uh, a particular view that I've interacted with uh, somewhat uh, in uh, research papers. In fact, you can find a paper on my blog, notsecretsecret.wordpress.com, where I talk about how a meticulous view of divine providence acts as a challenge to open theism. You're invited to read that if you are so inclined. Um, and open theism, very, uh, a very interesting way of looking at things. They would say, well, and even here it gets tricky, right? Because I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush because I think uh, there are aspects of, say, like John Sanders, who's an open theist, and his brand of open theism, which has different shades of the open theism of, say, Greg Boyd. Uh, but, hopefully not painting with too broad of a brush, I believe all open theists would say the future is not exhaustively settled, and therefore there are aspects of the future which are open, hence the open part of open theism. Some of the future is open, some of it is settled, uh, and so here's uh, Boyd in his book, God of the Possible. Open theists maintain that God can and does predetermine and foreknow whatever he wants to about the future. And that's the key phrase there, whatever he wants to. And so if COVID-19 were something that God wanted to know about or to foreknow prior to his, its existence, then he would have foreknown it. Um, however, and on the other hand, Boyd goes on to explain that God, quote, chooses to leave some of the future open to possibilities, allowing them to be resolved by the decisions of free agents. And there we have the, the component of this that is very significant right here. And it's the free will component, where open theism uh, seeks to uh, maintain that free will and freedom is, according to their idea, it's real. It's genuine. People have genuine uh, libertarian free will, uh, that we, we truly are uh, free will agents, and therefore responsible for our choices. And... Um, it's, uh, well, it's, uh, I had it on the other one. 
related to foreknowledge was sovereignty. Uh, again, God sovereignly limits his sovereignty, and the limits of his sovereignty are at the edge of free will for us uh, autonomous libertarian creatures. And so um, I think this adds another wrinkle to the answer that uh, the open theist would give. Did God know about COVID-19 before it existed? Well, um, it depends. Because as we said, if it's something that he wanted to know about, then he foreknew it. But if not, um, let's talk about how, or at least the way it was kind of sold to us in the beginning and, and now how it's kind of looking as it pertains to the origination of the coronavirus. Um, because here the open theist might say, well, God did not foreknow the free will choices of folks in, say, China, when, you remember this story, there were people that were over there, they were eating bats, and that's how the coronavirus spontaneously, naturally arose in the world. And so God, he didn't know about that. He didn't foresee that or foreknow it. And so, and as a result of that, then COVID-19 came about, and now God is, God is kind of like, well, no, he didn't know about that, and... Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that wouldn't even enter my mind, say, a la Jeremiah, right? Or, further we've gotten from the initiation of the pandemic, more and more it seems to look like that COVID-19 was a virus that may have produced, been produced in a lab in Wuhan, China. And uh, they were working in the virology research department there, and there was a lab leak, and as a result of the leak, we have the coronavirus spreading globally, right? And so the open theist, I think, would come on and say, well, um, yeah, unless God knew about these free will choices that these uh, folks would make in the virology lab over in Wuhan, China, well, then it's, you know, if he didn't know about that, then he wouldn't know about COVID-19 beforehand, uh, and so, therefore, he did not know about uh, COVID-19 and the lab leak as a result of that accidentally released and all that. So, uh, there you go. Uh, that is a bit more. But again, and, and here's Boyd comes along and, and kind of throws a monkey in the wrench, as it were, and says, well, look, if, if those free will choices of either, and take your pick, right, either the folks eating the bats or the virology research lab, if, if God wanted to know about those free will choices of those particular humans, uh, well, then um, he could foreknow uh, COVID-19. would at least be a possibility, uh, and uh, it would exist, therefore, and uh, perhaps even the, the pandemic prior to it. So, again, it's, it's got different shades, different flavors. And so uh, it may be that say, Boyd, assuming the right uh, uh, attributes attain, Boyd would say, well, I suppose it is possible that, yes, God could have known prior to his, its existence that COVID-19 was at least a possibility. Although I think Boyd would say, but it wasn't exhaustively settled from eternity. Okay? And that brings us to yes. Those who would say yes would be, uh, say, your Molinist, your Arminian, uh, your uh, Calvinist, these would be those who would affirm that, yes, God knew 
that uh, COVID-19 would exist prior to its, its existence. Um, all three of these positions, by the way, uh, affirm uh, a couple of things. As it pertains to not just foreknowledge, but the knowledge of God. Is it this one? Yeah. Yeah, boy. Knowledge. As it pertains to God's knowledge. Yes, all three of these camps would affirm two aspects of divine knowledge. There would be the natural knowledge and there would be free knowledge okay so these are related to god's knowledge natural knowledge is god's knowledge of himself it's his knowledge of his nature uh, and even knowledge of all things outside of himself okay his free knowledge his free knowledge pertains to all things whatsoever would take place in this uh, universe what differentiates these two, and the thing that's between them, is the decree. The decree of God. It is the decree which then sets the trajectory for free knowledge. And God knowing whatsoever will take place. Prior to the decree, it's God's natural knowledge. And this is the way theologians have been thinking about this logically for some time. And uh, all three of these camps, your Calvinist, your Arminian, your Molinist, would all affirm this. Now, your Molinist is going to interject a third category, which is here, middle knowledge, which is also prior to the decree. And middle knowledge is the... Uh, the big term is subjunctive conditionals, all right, or counterfactuals. Um, you get examples of this, say, in uh, 1 Samuel 23. You get it in the Gospels with Jesus, where he says that if the miracles that, that have been done in your presence had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented with sackcloth and ashes. If these miracles had been done, then. So you have these... Uh, Again, subjunctive conditionals, you have these uh, if statements, you have these hypotheticals, okay? Uh, will the men of Keilah hand me over to Saul? David prays to God, and God answers, yes, they will. And so he takes off, Saul comes over. None of that happens, but that's the counterfactual. Um, I believe the Calvinist, the Arminian, would say, well, actually, that's, that's part of God's natural knowledge. He knows everything, you know, all possibilities and everything. But Molina came on the scene in 17th century and said not so fast you need this middle knowledge category for all these different alternative possibilities all the variants right here we go get back to our marvel okay so if certain conditions attain uh, then things would be different um, what is very interesting about middle knowledge is no one really knows where it came from because it, it is uh it is based on the free choices of free will creatures who have yet to be decreed to be created. Okay? And so prior to the decree, how can God have that knowledge? Where did that knowledge come from? And by the way, this is not something that is in God. It comes from outside of God. Where does it come from? And that has yet to be explained by Molinists like William Lane Craig uh, and others. 
Uh, because um, it's no really good, no good answer. Anyway, so since there's a decree, uh, Molinists, again, they would affirm, yes, of course, God has uh, complete knowledge of whatsoever would happen, including COVID-19. Prior to his, its existence, God would have known about that. And in fact, the Molinists would say, thanks to middle knowledge, God could have known about COVID-18. Or he could have known about COVID-20, right? But this, the timeline that we're on is the one that God determined to create of all the possible uh, timelines, all the infinite possibilities, God chose this one. Um, and he also knows, God does, if no one had ever uh, eaten a bat for COVID to spontaneously uh, naturally arise, again, assuming that narrative, or God also knows what, it, what would have happened if a virology research lab had not worked on a novel coronavirus in the first place. And God also knows that even if that research had taken place, God also knows what would have happened if there had never been a lab leak. Okay? And so God knows all of these subjunctive conditionals. All right? um, so that's, that's what the Molinists would say uh, concerning their yes answer. Of course, God knows whatsoever would, ha would happen. Your Arminian view... This is more or less the simple foreknowledge view uh, that, that has come about. In fact, uh, Brother Jack Cottrell, uh, in a chapter that he contributed to a book, wrote it this way. He said, God has a true foreknowledge of future free will choices without himself being the agent that causes them or renders them certain. You hear the distinction here. According to this view... God is looking down the corridors of time, and he's seeing all of the various... I don't mean to do the Dr. Strange hands, but... <clears throat> he's looking down the corridors of time, and he's seeing all of the free will choices that his creatures will make in time and space. He's not causing them. He's not rendering them certain, but he knows about them. And, then, and, and so God is, in this view, he's, he's passively taking in the information... Okay? He's receiving all this. Uh, his foreknowledge is something that uh, is, he uh, possesses, and he foresees all these free will choices, and so he, he foreknows in that way all of the free will choices that his creatures will make. Uh, usually, this uh, doctrine, this particular view of uh, foreknowledge is associated with the doctrine of concurrence, Okay. Uh, the doctrine of concurrence recognizes that in the production of every effect, there is an, efficient, uh, there is an efficiency of two causes, first and secondary. In other words, um, you have uh, two causes here. Uh, you have uh, primary. You have the primary causes. God, uh, primary cause is really God. God's the one who's the primary cause behind everything. But then you also have, and again, it depends on um, who you're reading, but uh, secondary, secondary causes, secondary means, okay? So it's the primary cause, God, who undergirds all those secondary means. And um, through these primary and secondary causes, God is working all things out after the counsel or according to the counsel of his will. And in this way, God is able to govern the affairs of humans and, um, and in that way, he affords his creatures freedom uh, while himself maintaining sovereignty over, uh, even meticulous sovereignty over all things. Uh, 
Um, yeah. So what would the Armenians say? Well, of course God foresaw. He, he, he foreknew COVID-19 because he looked down the corridors of time and uh, from eternity knew that in 2019 there would be the arise of COVID-19, either through one means or another uh, secondary means, um, i.e. folks eating bats or the uh, lab leak, what have you. Um, so that's what the Armenian would say. Um, Churches of Christ pretty well are in this camp, the Arminian view uh, of things, okay? And so, uh, again, that's Brother Jack Cottrell that I quoted earlier. <clears throat> Finally, you have uh, the Calvinist. The Calvinist would simply affirm, yeah, God knew about COVID-19 prior to existence. He, he foreknew it uh, from eternity. Um, the difference between the Calvinist affirmation and the Arminian affirmation concerning foreknowledge is... Um, the fundamental understanding of what foreknowledge is. Okay? Again, according to the Arminian, God's just looking down the quarters of time, passively taking in information. The Calvinists would say that's not, that's not foreknowledge. That's not the way God's foreknowledge works. Foreknowledge is a verb. All right? It's not just stuff he takes in. God is active in foreknowing. He foreknew. Okay? Uh, that uh, is uh, the, the, the substantial difference. In addition... Uh, lexical studies are usually pulled together, uh, connecting the, the term foreknew or foreknow uh, in the New Testament, connecting it with, with its Hebrew um, equivalent, uh, yada, in the Hebrew. And uh, that is connected with the idea of um, an intimate relationship. Uh, it's a relational knowledge. So you, you have not only God intellectually knowing all this stuff, but then there's also a relational component uh, and a personal aspect to foreknowledge uh, that is uh, substantially different. Feinberg uh, writes about it this way. He says, foreknowledge in this sense can be defined as uniting oneself beforehand to someone in an act constituting a relationship and making that person an object of care and concern for the one uniting with him. So, again, it's not just God having the intellectual insight or foresight of what's going to happen there's the relational component as well uh, whereby god foreknows the person and even foreknows uh, what will take place because um, going back to the, an earlier diagram we drew uh, about uh, foreknowledge and its relation to foreordination that's another connection that the calvinist will make is between foreknowledge and foreordination um, uh, and again, to quote Feinberg, he, he deals in a section in his book, No One Like Him. He deals with 1 Peter 1 and verse 19. And he questions whether God could foresee Christ as Redeemer if he had not chosen it to be so. And so he dismisses uh, the basis of God's foreknowing Christ as mere prescience of human actions, uh, since you're left to wonder how God could foresee his own actions in that particular way. Um, much more could be said about each of these. Have, I hope we've covered uh, each of these uh, substantially. Any questions so far? Because we are, time is rapidly getting away from us. Yeah? So could you put the open theist in the de no category? Or, so I feel like they could go either way with this specifically because some things God foreknows, some things he doesn't. And even within that camp, they may disagree with what he would foreknow and what he would not. So can we put the open theist in the yes? 
or, or is it right to put them in the no category? That's the question. Yeah, I think I could see them in the don't know category because they could say yes or no. Okay, and I would say um, that's the um, interesting thing about open theism is there you have different different flavors, different shades. Um, and that's why I was careful to say, following Boyd, I think, I think he could get here to the yes if certain things God foreknew. Yeah. But assuming he doesn't, then you would answer in the no. Yeah. Um, as far as don't know, I, I suppose they, Boyd would, would probably get there too. There's, there's a, an example that he uses. I've heard him use it in lectures he's given. He also uses it in his book, God of the Possible. Mm-hmm about, uh, I believe the woman's name was Susan, and uh, she was going to marry a, uh, a young man, uh, and they were both godly Christians. They prayed about it, fasted about it, to pray with one another. They were going to be missionaries. They got married, and then there was a divorce. And now Boyd is sitting across the table from her, and she is lamenting, wow, why did God do this? Um, I don't think that's the exact question, but essentially where Boyd counsels her, he says, well, no, God, God he, this is not his will, right? This is not what he wants. Uh, and so for COVID-19, I can, I can imagine, right? And uh, Greg Boyd, if you're listening, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, would, I would assume that he would say, well, no, COVID-19 is not God's will because COVID's bad and God's good and therefore... He, he doesn't have anything to do with it uh, in that way. So, I, I yeah. It, I think it depends on which open theist you ask. Mm-hmm. Did you have a question? Sure. So, because we are running out of time, um, certainly the big question as it relates to how we conceive of, you know, the great question of why bad things happen to good people, free will, what's our role in that? And as you explore that, ultimately, my hope is that you'll give us your bias. Then I would invite you to listen to the podcast episodes, because that's where I give my particular take on it. For this, so let me wrap up with this, because we got like five minutes. Yeah. So there are people that might wonder, did God... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the causation question. And you could, you could still end up with these three categories. In fact, this is how this slide started was causation. Did God cause it? Um, and I think just at a glance here, you can end up with the same answers. Uh, yes, no, don't know, and the same folks in the same categories. Right. And you would have very different answers for all those. My main focus is no, not the causation part. However, I mean, it is, it is connected to it because that's, that's the foreordination component of foreknowledge, right? So, okay. What are the uses of this, right? Briefly. So what, right? Spinning out here in the multiverse of madness. Is there a pastoral component to this? And I think... Answering uh, the question here, did God know about COVID-19 before it existed? And even going further, right? Did did God know uh, that COVID would do this to my friend, my loved one, my my family member, my spouse? Did God know COVID would do this to me, right? Oof, heavy lifting now. And now we are venturing into theodicy um, and 
that's a whole other bag of donuts, right? But it is related to it. And so briefly, we start again with the don't know. What's the pastoral value in that, right, and when you're counseling with folks? Well, uh, did God know, the, say, the skeptical theist would say, you know, I, I don't know, but I do trust him. I trust him to do what is right. I trust him uh, uh, to uh, do right by me, uh, essentially. Uh, in, in the, the grand scheme of things. And there are many things I don't know. And yet, I still trust him, right? I think that would be the value of the don't know camp, okay? Um, here, and we talked briefly about uh, Boyd's uh, counsel to the young lady. I mean, that's, that's essentially what it boils down to when it comes to the did God know question. Um, first of all, you know, Boyd does this a lot. He goes, it's not what you think, right? You've been, you've been told Yes, but really, is it that way? Does the scripture really present God that way? And, and he makes his biblical case for that. Uh, it's not what you think. It's not what most people think when it comes to this. God is good. COVID is bad. And free will agents mess stuff up, whether it's the humans or the angels. Boy, he's got a whole book, God at War, which deals with the uh, angelic component of things. But, um, and the other thing I think they would say is, look, COVID is bad. I don't, God's not, God, that's not God's will, right? That's not what he would want or what it is. That's not what he wants. But God can still bring good out of this. Now, uh, of course, the, the challenge to that is what's called gratuitous evil, that there is some evil in the world that is essentially purposeless. And Boyd uh, works through that from his perspective, essentially saying, yeah, that's right. There is some evil that is purposeless and, uh, and all that. But uh, that's one issue that would run up here. The don't know, by the way, there are probably people who would find that intellectually dissatisfying. Ugh, don't know. Come on. Give me something. Anyway, so that's a challenge also for that perspective. And then finally, uh, those who would affirm, say, yes, God did know. Uh, God... Uh, I think the Molinist, I can hear William Lane Craig saying God has morally sufficient reasons for the evil that takes place in this world, right? Uh, and so he had morally sufficient reasons, being God, for introducing uh, COVID or permitting COVID to come into the world. Um, and then, you know, our finite minds, we, we can't uh, comprehend how God is glorified in all things, even in, in this bad stuff. And yet... We would affirm he is glorified in this, that, uh, that even in the midst of evil, even in the very same act of evil, God is working out his good purposes. And usually um, Joseph is marshaled uh, in Genesis 50, verse 20, where he says to his brothers who had sold him into slavery that led him into an Egyptian dungeon eventually, you meant it for evil, the it being how they treated him and sold him into slavery. You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. There's a parallel construction there in the Hebrew. It's the exact same event. And so even in the evil intentions of Joseph's rebellious brothers in selling him into slavery, remember, they wanted to kill him, and so you have the restraining hand of God's grace in that. They don't kill him. They sell him off. Even in that act, God is accomplishing his good purpose, and he has his, he has his good intentions in that. Again, how... Um, that's a good question, and we're <laughs> out of time. So, 
bottom line is, in the very same act, God is accomplishing his good purposes in that. Um, so there you have it. There you have it. All right. Um, I, can, I think we can do one last question before we wrap the whole thing up, if there is one. Anything else? Does God foreknow my question? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. He might. Uh, no, he doesn't. Yeah, okay. I, you mentioned God the Possible a couple times. I think that's a very good read that mentions, you know, other, it's open theists, but it also mentions other options. It's a very accessible book that I've read before. And it's called God, God of the Possible. Yeah, God of the Possible. Yeah, yeah that is his kind of his introduction, yeah. uh, introductory book for those who may be interested in it. You want a deeper dive, um, not so much God at war, but Satan and the problem of evil, that's where he really handles it philosophically. I mean, he, yeah. he has the scriptural component. He mentions church fathers as well, but um, a lot of it is devoted to uh, the, the philosophical component as it pertains to libertarian free will. And especially under that, love must be free. That's one of the theses of that book that he works to prove. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah. I'll just say, it's, even if it doesn't convince you, it's, it's a good read because that, that concept was not presented to me as I grew up. Like, the other ones, certainly, I heard either from my church or in other areas. But when I found this, I was like, what? Like this is this is what some people think. And mm-hmm. um, it was enlightening whether you go for it or not, I think. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people in this camp, right? The yes camp. Um, but yeah, there are the others that I think it's good to be aware of uh, as well. So, all right, if there's nothing else, let me pray with you, and then we'll be, uh, we'll be finished. <clears throat> Lord God, we praise you for being so wise. We praise you for being a God who loves us with an incredible love. We pray, Father, that we not only take in your uh, word, but that we apply it to our lives and share it with others as well. We know there are a lot of people that are hurting as a result of the pandemic. May we be people who can provide the balm of Gilead to them. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.